Hi, and welcome to the Ox Unplugged. I don't have an intro. Fuck. That works. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about that beforehand. Whoops. Nope. I am Mr. Jaywit. I am Halion. God damn it, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I paused. I was thought I was gonna give you a moment, and then when you didn't, I jumped in. Not sorry. We could always start again. It's not like we have we don't have ones where we start like four times. <laughs> Sorry, Jay just looked at me. I gave the thumb of like, all right, you can go, and then then you two. But we this. don't have our camera on, so they yeah. can't see that. Yep. Yeah. Oh well. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're leaving all of this in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a fourth. In which case, I'm maestro. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now, what makes it maestro versus maestro? Oh God! Whim, okay. Whimsy, spur of the moment. I don't know. I, uh, I think so. The 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 nick I took from a character in Wing Commander Five Prophecy, and I think was called Maestro in that. Yeah, he he was called Maestro, so I just went with it. Fuck it. It was a fun character. He's a jokester. Okay. Speaking of characters, yeah, that was a good one. Okay. Oh, nice segue. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Uh, the topic of today is making characters for role-playing games more specifically and just how everyone does it. Yeah, how you make the character pass the stats. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. I'm wiggling with excitement. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Because everyone does it differently. For me, how I always make characters is I actually go stats first most of the time. So if this is D&D, class, race, like, build type, and then I go, okay, what sort of person does this? What sort of person sits around and says, I'm going to be a paladin, but not like a regular paladin, a paladin of like the pantheon of the gods rather than a specific god? What happens there? What sort of, like, behavior do you get? And then, you, and then I start going, okay. I need them a funny voice or an interesting voice. I need actual opinions on the world and like things. And then I build out from the, the mechanical side of things. See, it's weird. I do that. I generally do the opposite where depending on what game I, I know we're going to play, I'll start thinking, what kind of character do I want to play? You know, and, and I'll start building like an idea of what I, of what they look like, where they're from, what their personality is. I generally start working on some kind of a, of, of a interesting or distinctive voice. And I'll pretty much have the, the fleshing out of the character as far as all of that before I ever start rolling up their stats. I actually, a lot of times I'll either start off by going, what class haven't I played and sounds interesting. But the biggest thing is I actually listen to music and I get very inspired by music and I go and there's like an imagery in my brain that goes, oh, this music makes me think of like what this person would be like in like this setting. And then I'll build it up from there to the point where I will, even before playing games, like build myself a little song playlist of what would what makes my brain go into that character. Um. I also have a tendency to steal things or like just get inspired by other podcasts. 
Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Movies <laughs> and TV shows, I steal wholeheartedly from all oh, the yeah. time. That yeah. is my... And the, the big, biggest thing is nobody ever will know what sort of character I steal from or, or, like, what character traits that I steal from because then I just do my own thing with them and then nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah, I like to base my characters a lot often on people I know or as you said, a character from a movie or a show or a thing where it's, I know that I'm doing a version of them or a caricature of them because that, again, that helps me bring it, make it flesh because when, when I'm doing the role playing, I don't want to role play as me. I want to role play as the character and I want to try to get into that character. and What would we do? And so that's, that helps me is, is having it kind of a, a, a template that I know of this is who this person is. So I'm going to make a version of them. Except for Bobo. Bobo was based strictly on my cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the personality you need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bobo had so much personality. Bob, all Bobo's personality was in the grenades. And the teeth. And the teeth, yes. <laughs> Maestro, how do you... Um, so I have probably played the least amount of uh, pen and paper RPGs of all of us here. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, I'm kind of still figuring things out or rather trying different things. Um, the first pen and paper RPG I ever played, and I'm sure nobody knows this, it's Aberrant. It's a superhero pen and paper. It was uh, more than 12 years ago. And the, the first, that was the first time I created a character for, a, uh, for an RPG. And I took so much care. I really sat down and I thought <laughs> about stuff and I mapped it all out. And I tried to, try to you know, do the character creation. I tried to wrap my head around all the stats and, and the character sheet and how it all worked. And in the end, I played one session and then never again with that group. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, because stuff happened that I'm not going to get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Groups fall so, apart. Yeah. yeah. Well, the group was fine. I wasn't fine. Ah. But anyway. Um, and then, and then uh, the next time um, I played a pre-gen that my brother made for me in D&D 5e. Which is uh, a character that I still want to play some more. Because it was an interesting character. He was just a character sheet. A dragonborn paladin with a duck on his on his shoulder that I, that's a that's a picture that i gave him um seemed fun and um then i started playing with you guys and the way i did the character for waypoint station was we sat down in session zero and we rolled some dice to determine the stats and i was like holy shit how do i make this work I know he's going to be an idiot, and that's just what I went with. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, and then somehow, um, oh yeah, right. The, the name, the, the name roll twenty provided. It was the name that was somehow already in there, so I just took that. And I think making things just work with what I'm randomly given is the most fun to me. I think. Well, your your character from uh, Waypoint Station, our Traveler game. He might have been an idiot, but he got more done than I think than any of us. Because it's just like whatever he went to do, he succeeded at. With one skill, streetwise. Yeah, that's also just how I run games where if it's 
add all, if you can get any sort of reasonable, oh, this should work. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. Yep. I can, I can bullshit uh, my way into using any skill for anything <laughs> so far. See, that's kind of my, the way, the philosophy that I like. You know, having just really for the first time started GMing myself is if it's, sim if it's remotely reasonable that the, that the player wants to do and it makes sense either for what their character would do or for the setting or it's just really funny or a good idea, fine. Let's see what, let the dice decide. Uh, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I, there's no need to be super technical about it. Yeah, nope, just roll it. Yeah, because you don't want to roll stealth every time you meet every single NPC. Just one stealth roll and call it a day. Yeah. Plus, you know, if you spend, if, you, if every time you interact or every time you have a, a turn, you've got you've to roll dice and determine this, determine that, it's going to take you three hours just to get through saying hello to each other. Yeah. Just, just to meet. Yeah. Um, it, it is a rolls pleasure to meet you. That's my Futurama <laughs> reference for tonight. You're welcome. <laughs> I got that reference. Good. Um, okay. So then I guess the next question is, how do you guys go from, like, basic idea to, like, actually making a whole person behind the game, the character? Because for me, I wing roughly 60 to 80% of all of my character personality stuff. Because to me, role-playing games are best when you, when you are a foil to other people. Hmm. If someone says, oh boy, I hate going here, the most interesting decision you can say is, oh, I love going here. Yeah. And then suddenly you have a, a fight between people, and that's fun and interesting. The nature of narrative is conflict. You gotta fight, like disagree about stuff. Otherwise, it's not that interesting. Yeah, because you need to have conflict so that you can have interaction. Because if everybody agrees and wants to do the same thing the same way, there's no room. There's that leaves so little. You don't need to talk about it. Yeah, there's just less room for for interaction and role play, which is where it's fun. And, and I think you're right it, as far as waiting to flesh out your character completely until the session starts, because then it's fun. Because then you don't know where it's going to go. As far as you know, what they're going to do, who they're going to interact with, what are they going to be? Um, however, that's usually not the way I do uh, <laughs> because I, I I know this may come as a bit of a surprise. I'm gonna, but I am gonna confess, I tend to over prepare. Um, I know that doesn't sound like me at all. All of that, of course, being incredible sarcasm. Mm -hmm. But I do I do try to leave veins of, you know shadowy places and slightly unfleshed out where it could be funny to do this. It could be funny to do that. Or maybe there's just this random thing that, you know, as the session goes on, it pops into my head that it would make sense for my character to be like this or to say this or to want to do this. Um, but more often than not, yeah, I, I've, I've pretty much gotten mine fairly filled out, but it is, but that is still fun. Like I didn't like when we did that traveler game, I didn't know what Bobo would become. I thought he was going to start out as just, you know, this quiet one thing. And he ended up kind of becoming a little bit of something else that I didn't expect just based on what the rest of the team kind of needed him to be. Yeah. yeah. We, we became like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was recently in just a little uh, Savage World one-shot where I was, uh, I looked at the stats and it was a very quiet, like introverted person who like hit out in the woods. And then I looked at the scenario and we were hunting dinosaur eggs. So I needed to up the stupid. <laughs> so it was a, he turned into like this, like, I am going to, make meat i'm gonna make jerky out of every dinosaur i come across i am going to eat everything that i see uh, playing stupid is the most fun to do but it's also kind of hard to do chaotic stupid in a sense without it without it like not being fun for other people like that balance because i also was in that game and the card that i got was a soldier that had a brother and the soldier that I was playing was better with, like, weapons and hitting targets, but he was the dumb one to just let his, his other brother do all the thinking and planning for him. He just pulled the trigger in whatever direction you told him to shoot. So I, I leaned into the aspect of, like, someone like that is someone who is literally a shoot first, ask questions later. But I also went, this is somebody who would be very optimistic, very like happy kind of go lucky in a sense but someone who talks too much and would just give you a gen a headache in general if you were on their same wavelength <laughs> which our characters were on the same wavelength <laughs> and then there was the straight man getting just constantly annoyed and upset at us which is very fun we did actually check into just to make sure it wasn't too much, which yeah. at one point they're like, no, it's my turn to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I think you're right about that, that there is, there is a charm and a fun to having a character that's just a complete idiot, but it can get frustrating for the group. I think if that character suddenly has to be doing all the important stuff where they need, where they can't, that they can't do because they're, they're too dumb. And so the group starts to have to suffer for it, but there's still comedy in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the best way to do it is when you're going in that direction, it has to be stupid, but helpful for the group itself. Or if it's negative, it's just negative for you. Yeah. Because hmm. um, we played in a game where we had somebody who was very, who said they were chaotic good, but they were just chaotic and they only did stuff for themselves but it was an issue for everyone else but them and it wasn't that fun to deal with that uh sorry i don't remember off this, i don't remember off the top of my head but yeah air croca ranger oh yeah 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 okay see i think that can also be a problem in general though if you're if you're in it whether you're gming or whether you're playing if you have one character that's just being selfish and is simply just playing for themselves that's it's not about interacting with anyone else or trying to keep the game fun or whatever they're just doing their thing it in a as you said in, a, in kind of a selfish way where it doesn't where what they're doing maybe actually is hurting the the game itself um i, I that can can happen yeah the other thing is what I've noticed that I tend to play loud and aggressive characters. So I try and make sure to bring everybody else in. So that way I don't just, I'm not just the only one doing things. So then I just like, I specifically be like, no, this character should do this because of this reason. 
there we need to bring them in so that way they can go go do fun stuff instead of just cheesing a bunch of shit you played such a loud character you sh made me shoot another party member in the ass <laughs> <laughs> i'll have you know nobody was upset afterwards so oh yeah that i noticed well i don't know about gary gary was a little bit miffed i got him Did some he? drinks yeah and then we went to uh, costco basically no 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 credco an entirely credco. an entirely fictitious legally uh, distinct yeah le legally distinct with with all sim any similarities to any other business being strictly coincidental and, and for anyone who doesn't know what we're referencing because chances are none of you will uh soon no. Well, I don't know how, how soon, but maybe a long time. Lost but, editing minds. Yeah, but we've um we have been playing a Star Wars RPG and we're what two three three sessions in now. And the characters are kind of I think the, the team is kind of coming together. The characters are kind of really, you know, starting to define themselves and come and, and kind of figure out who they are in the terms of the setting, and we've been having a, a pretty good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This this the character that I'm playing in that game uh, is the only character so far where I have actually taken walks to think about the backstory of that character. It may never come up, but there is now a backstory, and the GM will be able to do stuff with it that might either be hilarious or deadly. Yeah, I like to to leave like big enough gaps where it's like, hey, this is complete enough. So if nothing is dealt with it, it's more than fine. But if you want to like play with it a little bit, here is plenty of wiggle room for you to play with it. Yeah. yeah. Every single character that I make has hooks directly into them that if you want them to do a thing, yeah, you just be like, okay, there's this thing over there. Oh my God, we got to go check this out, you guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, also, um, for the, the how, after you go from, like, the baseline, because I do, for me, I know part of it's also based on setting. I start filling out the base stuff. How Jay thinks about, um, he looks at the stats and he goes, what type of person would go in that direction? I look at my base stats, and I also, to a certain degree, think about the group, and I'll go maybe like 70% in character and figure out what would be this, this character's goal. But I would also go, what type, of, what type of person would be in this setting? Like a Minotaur bar barbarian from the Feywilds living with Minotaurs. Well, of course they'd be, uh, they'd go barbarian and with a cow. They'd be very energetic and loud and boisterous and have like a family-like setting, like uh, kind of push-pull. And then depending on what the game is, on what information you get ahead of time, then I, you can go for a goal of, well, why would a person leave? Why would they go out on an adventure? Yeah, because that is the, the really important thing, which is you got to give an actual reason why your character is out playing and doing things, because otherwise you're not going to be, you're going to be sir, not a part of this adventure. If the response to, well, why are you why are you a part of the the campaign? I don't know. That's not gonna end well because then I'm you don't just happy to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it loses some of the. It it just it doesn't feel uh, authentic if you're just you just happen to be there. I'm sorry. 
every human being has a drive. Yeah, everyone, everyone has a reason. Even if that thing is just sitting around not doing anything, everyone has a drive. And so it's just a matter of figuring out what that character's drive is. And you something you said when we were starting this, how you, you kind of just like to just jump in and come up with most of it on the fly. Yep. I find having us having done a few one shots as well, to me, I find that's where that for, for me personally, that's where that shines is, is the ability to do that in a one shot because it doesn't matter. Whatever I can do with this one character that I was just given in this one setting for this one session. So let's just see, you know, what we can do. Let's just, you know, whatever thoughts come into my head, let's try it and see if it works. And there, and you're right. There is a little bit of a fun to that of just because you don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Because your your character's revealing itself to you as you go. Yeah, we are. This is getting um a little bit like okay. We do have a lot of like uh, hippy dippy flippy stuff of making of feeling out the characters. There is some stuff that is important to remember when you're making RPG characters. Which is, guess what? You're in a group and you're doing things. Games are in, these games are inherently more fun when you bring more people into the thing. Mm-hmm. Going off and doing your own thing is typical in like 90% of all media, right? If you, in a book, if a character goes off and does an adventure, oh, that's great. You get a whole other book. You can like really deep dive into who they are. But that is awful for a role-playing game where it's if you get go actually let's have a session about me everyone please sit around while you get to watch me do things now let's be clear people characters having their own moment to shine is one thing yeah it what the issue comes into is that like a lot of people tend to especially when they first start Unless they want like a happy-go-lucky person, they there's a lot of people who go, "Oh, I really like Han Solo. I really like Batman. I really like um like I not Deadpool, but like I like the more dreary, uh, lone wolf Frank characters, or like your anti-heroes in a sense where they're antisocial, they're gruff, they don't want to deal with people." And the part part of it is is that people watching that stuff, you know later on that like, well, that's not true, and they slowly like warm up. But when you have a bunch of people playing with you and you're doing like that type of thing, you're expecting people to try to interact with you and deal with that, with that uh so like moodiness, so to speak. And that's just not how people generally are. So it's there's nothing wrong with you being like, I want to be a gruff lone wolf person. But you have to be willing to work with people because why did you join a party to begin with? Yeah. Because the, well, I'm on the same job as somebody else only takes you so far. I am the evil <laughs> thief in the Dungeons and Dragons group. I'm going to start stealing from other people. That is the worst. <laughs> like that is, there's a reason why people actively refuse that shit because it's <laughs> terrible we can pull it off you know if it's if it's a, if, if it's a prank kind of situation and if it goes back and forth between people but yeah if it's malicious then eh. yeah if it comes off as malicious is the real issue but 
I that's have, a different thing. I have been in games where people were like, I'm going to steal from the paladin while they're sleeping. And it's like, oh no, we're not, we need to play a different game now. <laughs> Let's stop. Well, yeah, I could imagine a pr- problems could arise if one player starts to feel like they're getting screwed by another player in game. And then that gets them upset, which affects, you know, how their characters begin to interact going forward. Yeah. When you're resolving out of character issues in character, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be real bad real quick. And, and, and like you said before, where conflict creates conversation, it creates the, it creates the role play. But you're not talking about direct antagonistic conflict. It's just maybe in conflict as far as not seeing things from eye to eye for, or having the same philosophy or the same viewpoint in, in game. Yes. Yeah. But, but you still have to get this, for, for lack of a better term, this ragtag bunch of individuals have to somehow come together and become a team to do a thing. Yeah. You can do it that way if you are a part of a large organization. If you're in a Delta Green game, I don't need to sit there and be like, well, why does your character do it? You are already a part of it. I don't care. That's your problem, not mine. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great point. It, it, a lot of it depends on the, on the setting and the, and the game, yeah. how, how that character goes and works. Oh, yeah. Like in, in Delta Green, we were in the same one shot. I got a character sheet that was for a woman that was almost in their 50s. And they were like, oh, they're really like strong. And they're calm, like they it, like their two stat, their two like main things was that they were very calm, relaxed, and they were strong. And I basically stole the idea of tight grandma, and I went, "I'm going to play a hippie tight grandma," and it was <laughs> the best thing ever. <laughs> Sometimes just having a description can help you figure something out too, of what you want to do or what what feels right. Sorry, going back into the feels versus the... Uh... No, 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 it's fine. No. That's actually what I like about that that Star Wars D6 character sheet. There's an entry for um, for a quote of the character you're playing. And just having a, a, a quote by that character is a very useful uh, thing to help you get back into that character whenever you, you know, start another session. You know, it's sort of like finding your voice, I guess. I don't know. It is an yeah. action that is a finding your voice is really key. For example, the, the current character in the Star Wars game, he they're a, a little shit Jawa, and I have like a little mental thing of like, hey, 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 hey. Every, like every once in a while, that's just what he sounds like. He just makes that noise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite part of any session so far was when the firefight was going on. And you were hiding in another room, and you and the sound of a droid getting blasted and losing an arm, and the arm hitting the floor, and your character just yells dibs, because <laughs> that was just—it was so authentic. That's ex- like in the moment, it just felt exactly that's what that guy would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so genius. Mm. We uh. Jay and I are playing, like, essentially support characters. We're not fighters at all. I essentially built a piece, an NPC PC, (laughs) where, like, uh, I'm hardcore non-combat. And so is Jay's character. 
I, I, uh, I do love coming up with stuff on the fly that also makes sense as to why I can also run. That we also do fall into the yes and uh, improv yes. strategy, <laughs> but I I tend not to like improv, just like watching it. But I do love using improv ideas. And for anyone who's not in the know for a relatively obscure theater stuff, <laughs> improv is the idea of you have a bunch of people on the stage and they're defining a scene together. And they're working through exactly what the world is, who they are, and they're figuring it out live. And that's the idea. And and not by talking through it. It's just like one person begins with a statement or an idea. And then in character, they all, you know, they begin responding to each other. And based on what the other person is saying, that's how the scene and the characters develop. That's how it create it, it grows from that. Yes everyone building on each other uh some of the the main ideas is all is yes and i you don't negate anybody and the other idea is uh to not ask questions only use statements which is more difficult than people realize and not super relevant for rpgs but the idea is always there of of move forward don't call on somebody else to do a thing just keep going and just keep going is always like the, the hardest thing of like, no, 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 we're good. Just keep, keep going. It'll be fine. Yeah. Just go with it. Yeah. Follow through on your thoughts. Yep. So I have a question. Sure. Obviously, you know, I'm, I am just now getting back into uh, tabletop RPG pen and paper type stuff. But even thinking back from when I was much, 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 much younger, you know, oh, back in the days before the, you were born, the types of characters that I tend to gravitate to typically seem to be the same. And so I have found myself in the last couple of games we've played intentionally trying to build a character different from what I typically play because I don't want to keep playing the same combat monsters. I don't want to keep playing the same, you know, action geared. I want to explore and try different traits, different personalities, try different types, because that's, that's, I want to have a fun, a different way. Do you have a particular type, or, or do, you, do you tend to build a char any characters along the same vein, or is it just what, however it goes, it goes? Okay. How I pick out a character, or character mechanically, is I, legit, I will just wait. I will let everyone else say, oh, I want to be a combat monster. I want to be the techie. I want to be the talker. And I go, okay, I can, I can like slot myself in the final little thing to make every, to make the party work. Otherwise it doesn't work. So that's always the key of just waiting and seeing that. Cause I've also been gaming for ugh, a decade and a half or so. Yeah. Roughly. Over a decade. Cause I think he's, I think you said you started when you were like 16 or 13. 16. Yeah. So I, I've just been, I've been around the block enough that I don't, I can play literally any sort of character type at this point. I think I tend to play the talker character because a bunch of introverted nerds doesn't always like they, they yeah. it's difficult to find someone who wants to be the talker, but it's, I don't mind being it. Especially when you're in a group of new people. You, I think I find 
that there's a lot of times that you'll find out that a lot of the stuff that like you want to play, most people also want to do too. It's also, I think the thing that I'll do sometimes is to like kind of get outside of what I would normally do besides thinking of like what it would be like if I'm thrown into something is I basically go, here's an idea that I want to experiment with. Like I, an aspect, an emotion or a thought or a life thing and kind of like, and think about if I was thrown in the scenario, for example, another podcast I was listening to, uh, it was a bunch of teens thrown into an RPG world and how do they deal with that, right? Like, te- like just turned 18. They got you tied? Yeah, essentially. So I basically went, what type of person would fit well in that group specifically? And what kind of what kind of character person would I do? Normally I'm not a quiet person. This person would be quiet. And sometimes, and I know it feels weird to do it, especially if it's in your own head, but sometimes I would go, I would think about like what type of experience or demons would this person be battling? Because a lot of times I try to play people who aren't battling demons in that sense. But sometimes just as like a mental thought process, I go, what would it be like if this person got thrown, who is into music, into art stuff, gets thrown into Kenku body and they can't use their voice. And now they, and now they're dealing with like the fact of they will never be able to use or hear their own voice again until they are out of that world. Because that's an interesting aspect to me. So yeah. I'll go off of interesting aspects and be like, what sort of process of acceptance for that person would it be? Would they ever be okay with it again? How much would it be then depending on the group? Like what what interesting things that would they do? So there is sometimes you basically, I'm not saying you always have to go like sad or extra happy. No, no, no. Because here's the other thing. Let's say, for example, you want to play a character who is a part of a large organization, some, like, religious body, how does that character feel about that religious body? Because they don't have to like it. They can just look at stuff and be like, no, I hate this. I hate this. I hate what this is doing, but I love the idea. Uh, Or I hate the overall idea, but I love the the individuals there. And the natural, like, because... It's extremely rare to find a true believer in, like, any organization, even, like, a business you're working a part of. Mm. But you can always like parts of it. And, like, that, that like, flex of, like, disagreements is really key to making an interesting character. So instead of being like, oh, no, 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 I, I love my job through and through every minute of every day. No, of course you don't. But you do like some broad strokes, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Like, there's always something there. And digging down to figuring out exactly why this character likes or doesn't like something, that is an interesting thing. And, more importantly, you are your, you're playing that character. If you say, I don't fucking want to deal with this, you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a piece of you in whatever you play. That is just what people are. 
but you can also just like explore aspects of yourself too, or aspects that aren't of yourself that you just want to like experience. Like that's part of the reason why we watch horror movies and adventures and other things like that is we want to try to experience something outside of ourselves, whether it's good or bad, just to, just to kind of see what it would be like. Yeah. Or why you watch, uh, what's the name of the Takasaki's castle? Uh, uh, the type of game, it's game shows. Yeah. You watch game shows. So that way you can sit there and be like, this is an amazing, like, let's just go extreme exhalation, extreme despair. As you're just watching someone, you're going, come on, come on. Yes, they made her. No, they didn't. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking of somebody who gets thrown in there in like a world and then discovers that gods are real and they never believed in it and what sort of like inner turmoil they would go through or like how hard they would try to deny it before there's no way they can. I did want to play a character in a D&D game who didn't believe that the gods were actually God or gods. And they were just like, no, no, you're an extremely powerful thing. You are not a god. <laughs> just, just to see how like other people react to it. So, like a and D atheist. Yes, that could be funny. I've wanted to do it, but like game didn't work out for whatever reasons, and yeah. Hmm. But I like what you were talking about, though, about how it's a chance to when you're when you're building a character, it's a chance to play or do something or act in a way or put yourself in situations that you either normally wouldn't or that maybe you've never felt confident to do. Like you, you can become that character and do things and it's a safe place to do it. And so you can kind of live vicariously through your character. Yeah. I've heard that, that argument before in terms of, um, you know, playing pen and paper role play games as teenagers, you know, basically, in a safe setting, exploring social situations, you know, without having to actually put yourself in that in those situations in real life, you know, as a to basically, yeah, explore, learn stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a chance to interact with other people, and maybe that's not normally your thing, but see, but it, you can you can do that with kind of a mask of anonymity because you're not, it's not you doing it, it's your character doing this. Yeah, it's a character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing is that. It's real. Like I, there's. That's the reason why I have any amount of social skills is because of RPGs, and I do swear by it. The um, the really key thing is also if you're do if you are playing the talker, and you come up across a like a, oh, I want to persuade this guard to let me inside. You can then go, okay, help me out, everybody. What are some ideas? And then some other people, the other people in your group, are normally happy to be like, oh, you should bribe them. Or like, oh, you should like say that there's a problem over there and they need to go solve it or like cause a distraction or something else like that. They gotta try that next time. Yeah, no, you can just ask other people and like the GM Yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Be like, how dare you? Yeah, it's it's like you're crowdsourcing a solution. Yeah. Yeah. So far I've been in, in, in that situation, so far I've been like for five seconds in my head that feel like a minute going like shit, what 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 do 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 um okay this. Yeah. Another thing that I have, I don't know if I have personally seen it because I don't have as much experience, but I've heard other people talk about it, is how it's a chance for someone to, maybe if there's someone who is introverted and they're not a talker, or someone that is normally 
very boisterous, you know, to play and to to know that you, to experience that other side of their personality, to be the one who get who is upfront and talking and, and extroverted when they're not normally, or to be the person who who does you know act like in a leadership position, even though in real life maybe they normally don't. They would just kind of sit back and be quiet. It, it's a chance to kind of explore that and bring the and see what part of yourself is in that without again by doing it in a safe setting. Yeah. I've also, because we've, in a different friend group from a while ago, we talked about if we were thrown into worlds, like, everybody would write up, like, a character sheet of what they think someone would become if everyone was isekai'd into a world. And because of how loud and boisterous I am and how short I am, everyone's like, clearly, Miss J would be a dwarf barbarian and jay because i i told jay i was like i'm sad because i want to do magic in the world and barbarians don't do that and jay was like if you're thrown in the world you could just become a paladin and then we end up coming up with the perfect if i was isekai'd what i would end up becoming and the idea of how i miss jay dealing with being being isekai'd in the world or making a character based off of what I what I would become if I was there in that world is also really fun. And then it ends up being a bit easier for you to play if you're trying to start off with something like that too, if you're willing to be that open. Yeah, that's the other thing is it's really easy to make a character off of someone else's character, but then you have to be willing to break free of it. Because you're just playing the same, if you're just going, well, what would Harry Dresden do? Like, all right, that's not going to be, it's not, it's a good idea, but you got to keep going. It's not all the way there yet, normally. Yeah, I've also played for about 10 year-ish on and off too. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's a different thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's the annoying thing if we don't know what it's like not to be like, well, all right, let's just. Making new. Yeah, exactly. Of the, of the, um, oh, let's just. Let's just hear. Here's a character sheet. Here are um, a character, maybe the basis of a character trope. Go. And you go, like, I'm a lizard folk, a druid. Make a character. And we're just going bam, 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 bam. Here's a billion different druids. I will say, to a certain degree, just knowing a lot about whatever setting you're in or like setting or system for some people does make that sort of decision stuff a lot faster. I actually still remember the first character. For our for D and D, I ever made, and I realized very quickly that I had made a Batman character without trying to be a Batman, and I very quickly like pivoted in a, I'm still lone wolfish, and I still have my own reasons and goals, but I am working with these people to hopefully accomplish said goals. The world setting also made it hard for me to lone wolf it too, which actually helped to my advantage to not go super Batman. I have one question. Yeah. Were you a fighter or a monk? I was actually a rogue. Oh, that okay, that works too. Yeah, um, rogue slash thief. So it was 4E when I started. I made a character named Gilda. They were a changeling. And their whole thing was they had a twin brother 
they did jobs together and the brother, a job went bad. Her and the brother got into a big enough fight. She was very into like her, her prized possession. Only thing she had was a violin that she worked very hard to get and learn to play. And he busted it. And she basically left a note and went, I'm going to the new world now. Goodbye. Don't ever contact me. And the only like memory that she had before everything went topsy turvy was there was a fire. It was just her and her brother, and they were told to run. So I, it was one of those things where it's like, this is this person. This is a little bit of their backstory. Here's some fun you can run in. And then I basically went, this is a person, their goal is to essentially separate from their from their brother and prove that they can do things on their own just as well, if not better. And we went to New World and the stuff that they were trying to accomplish in the way that they thought they would do it wasn't that way. But in the end, uh, my character ended up sacrificing themselves for a whole village and lost their soul in the process. (laughs) There was character growth. Yeah. You can always do character growth too. So it was character growth and then there was no character. Yeah. (laughs) Now you said something interesting earlier about, you know, your character was this that you were given, but you would think, you know, but you would kind of, but you would rather play this in that setting. I think that that's I think that's an interesting way of maybe going about it of creating of you've got a character that's created like say maybe you have a barbarian, but they really want to be a bard, and so you play them as like they are this big tough you know strong person, but all they want to do is sing and make music. Yeah, and like uh, how they go about that too, and even if they ever become a bard or if they just go down being known as the singing barbarian, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. So you can actually, um, you can wiggle that even further. Uh, consider the warrior poet archetype of the, Ooh. yeah, the like, I am a brilliant, like I am, I, all day, every day, I prepare to fight, but in my off time, I write poetry. Like, I am also incredibly smart and incredibly um, touched in the uh, the cultural side. Because the idea that like, a character exists in the world, but doesn't have any of that world influence. Like everyone is influenced by everything. And if you're not, that means something. Yeah. And it makes a character more interesting if, because when they're not one dimensional, yeah, they're not just strictly this, they're multiple things. And you, and you, if you allow, and it gives you as a player more options of how to reveal that in the interaction of the role play. I, I, I can see that being incredibly interesting. You can, Everyone has hobbies. Yeah, you can also do a little bit then stats too. For example, so I, I've played a lot of barbarians. My favorite character was Thag, a dragonborn barbarian. And his whole personality was that of the chocolate lab. And I, I like to also just like kind of help rope me in being like, no, this is this person in a way to represent it. Is that I worked very hard to put no points like to have no like points in intimidation so that intimidation would be a big fat zero and building a barbarian it gives you like three four different areas to where it becomes near impossible to not have a proficiency in intimidation but i went i want this to be somebody who's 
really big and buff, but when people look at them and interact with them, they don't feel like scared or intimidated by their presence. And I, and uh, I was like, that's a good, that's like a good way for me to also hone in on this is what I want people to see. This is the image I have. This is this person is I, I like to make built in flaws because everybody <laughs> has a flaw too. Yeah. And it makes it more fun to work with those flaws or fears. See, that goes into something I was going to also say that, which I, I haven't really leaned into with any of my characters yet, but the next time we make, I make one for a game, I want to is like you said, intentionally trying to lo- either not build in a stat or have it so low, but then maybe throwing that ex- those extra points in somewhere else. But, and not something like obvious, like, oh, you know, my guy is a, you know, no scope, 360, dead eye sniper shooter, but just like, you know, my guy's a really great uh, lock pick, you know. My character in the Star Wars game uh, goes metal detecting on his off time. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, yeah. and and can really and can tear down and rebuild a droid like god tier. Yeah. Like there's just can do can pretty much do magic with droids. And see, I find that interesting. Like in the Magistrate of Mundanus, you know, the character of Ricky, dumb as a box of crayons. But he had but his stats everywhere else were were interesting. So it's like there were certain ways that he put that the, that might played that character. But it gave him other things that he could do, even though he was so stupid. But it made it, in, but it was interesting. It was funny. And I, I want to try to do something like that the next time I create a character is like pick a stat and it's like, all right, I'm trying to put almost nothing into this and then spread it around and see if I can, how, how can I overcome the, that deficiency in that stat by doing other things? How can I play the character to, to make that work? To make it even more interesting, think of the, like, for example, if you have a character, if you build a character that has no stats in intellect, for example, the obvious way to balance that would be to put maybe points in strength. You know, he's dumb, but he's strong. Uh, it gets interesting when you randomly roll your stats and really just take what you roll and you get both a stat of 2 on 2d6 in intellect and strength, then what do you do? You always have to have a positive. If you are a character that has negative in everything, you should probably talk to your GM and see if you can make a new character. If you're actively terrible, like maybe you should handle that in a different way. That was Bucks, by the way. Yeah. He, he had lots in endurance. He was dumb. He was weak. But he just did not go down. Um, the other thing is, the sillier the setting, the sillier your character can be. Oh, like, the more yeah. fantastical. Like, in Delta Green, you, if you're doing, like, semi-serious, you don't want to play an idiot. But, like, in D&D, playing an idiot is, like, part of the fun. P- being an idiot in Star Wars is part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, in, like, more serious games, or, like, semi-serious games, I feel I feel to a certain degree you can be a quote unquote idiot in a different way. So I played I wasn't so much an idiot when I played I can't remember the name of my OSHA character in Delta Green, but I was more of an idiot in the fact that I was very like steadfast and strict 
Stereotypical. Like, yeah, stereotypical of like, I am the hardest working person in my job. My job is my duty and I'm doing the world a service to the point where it's like, I won't back down. And then to the point you don't back down. And then because of it, you find the loophole that works. Like the, we can have this meeting in the hallway. There's no offices. The space is wide enough. There's no camera and there's a door right there. So let me set up a table. And then they just, they gave up. Like, I, I guess to a certain degree, being an idiot doesn't mean, doesn't always mean being stupid. Yeah. Yep. Also, that's why I'm always careful to mention educated versus smart or stupid. Because anyone, you can be educated. And be really stupid, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you can play around with it a whole lot. Intelligence versus wisdom. You can either be book smart or you can be world slash like, um, yeah. Or you worldly? Can be, yeah, worldly or like, I mean, there's also like that streetwise, but you can life smart. Book smart or life smart, life yeah. experience smart. It's called farmer's wisdom in German. Yeah, I can do that. It's called graduating from the school of hard knocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, I think the key is taking a negative character trait and like not being afraid to say it's negative, and then twisting it up and being like, "No, actually, this is really useful." If you just, mm. yeah, my character can't read. That should be bad, but like. You can play it up some in a, a bunch of different ways and make it really fun. I still want to play an illiterate wizard. <laughs> Completely cannot read at all. We're talking picture books. For my... That's just a sorcerer. You learn Sorry. all your spells through uh, oral? Uh-huh. Orally? Yes. The idea is he's explicitly um, will not learn words. And like that, that is a whole, like there's a whole belief system behind it as well. So how does he learn runes? Oh, simple. yeah. He doesn't need to, he doesn't want to learn how it works, but no, this is picture book level stuff. Okay, that could be fun. Yeah. I I also, I have a question. Does Zell read Arabesh? Um, Jaywood doesn't know what Arabesh is. Arabesh. That's funny. Arabesh is the, the alphabet. Oh. Uh, of of galactic basic in the star wars universe so anytime you see like signs or graphics or stuff written those symbols that is arubesh okay yeah um i i don't think he does i don't think zal knows perfect but also he will never tell you yeah that figures um the other important thing that this is purely a me thing that i've gotten uh sass over is all of my character names need to be one or two syllables. I will not have a single name that is longer than that because I will forget. <laughs> but that's what you have a character sheet for. It works. There was one time, we a long time ago, we bullied Jay into having a longer name just because they named their character Jim and then my character kept elongating them by being like, so what do we do now, Slim Jim? So, Jimmy Johns, what, what's the plan? And then that character died, and then they came back and had the longest name ever. <laughs> Long titles are funny. Long names, I'm eh, on. Less interested. Hmm. That's another thing about names. When you create characters, I like creating a character with an interesting name 
or a name that r- references something. Like there's there's something like there's an inside joke to the name that that's fun. That's fun for me, even if I'm the only one who knows it or gets it. Yeah, names always come last for me. Names are so hard for me. Yeah, I spend a bunch of kilometers on uh, the name for my Star Wars character because I I had to make two names at the same time. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, because see, for me, the name is a part. Name is a powerful thing. It it conveys who this person is. It gives it defines them. So for me, an, an essential part of creating a character from scratch is the name. The name is one of the first things that will come when I'm creating somebody, because to me, that name help it, it makes them real. Once I have once it's there's something about like in witchcraft or magic or or something that. Once you name something, once you know its name, you have power over it. And so it's, or something like that, I don't know. Or you give it power. Or you give it power, or you make it real, or what have you. And to me, it's kind of the same thing, is the name is an essential part of it becoming real and created. And I can't really begin to flesh out a character, for, for me, personally, until I have a good sense of the name. And it doesn't mean that the name might evolve a little bit before I'm done, but it. But for me, it's like I can finally see it in my head once I can attach a name to it. It's really interesting aspect to create a character around the name and what that name means to you. For me, when I make a character turn alive, so there's a a turn of phrase that uh, James Wallace uses, uh, who's a UK RPG person that's been around forever, um, and he talks about the magic circle of a role-playing game, where everything inside of the magic circle, you are free to, to be silly, be stupid, have a fun time, but as soon as you, and you just want to set that the, the game in the circle, and you just don't want to break it. And for me, that is key for role-playing games, is setting the magic circle and being like, okay, we're gaming now. I am this character, you are doing this, you are doing this, and let's now have fun. We have these defined rules, these defined things, and as long as we follow through on it, we're not. nothing is going to go anywhere. Trying to wrap my head around that, sorry, it's late. Well, where you are, it's early. Yeah, yeah. The other belief for the magic circle is mentioned a lot is uh, for uh, uh, board games, where you have these defined rules and you've got everything set up. Uh. So then you can play and do like and make make belief, but until everything is set up, you don't have enough behavior. But like the other thing is the social contract is mentioned a lot, and that's the belief that like hey, as long as you don't break any of these rules. Everything is going to be better because of it. We, we will all have a fun time and we can play around in this space under these rules, under like an implied set of rules. Gotcha. Anything else anybody wants to add about uh, creating characters in RPG settings? Random is fun. Character creation's fun. I, to a certain degree, I think it's a good idea to do like ground zeros just to kind of get a feel for everything. It's okay to change like a bit of how you play a character or how your character would interact 
with the group once you start playing because you'll get a feel for the group and figure out if you need real to tone back quick. on something. <laughs> like if you're playing a really like dark moody character and then you realize the group is more is a bit too happy go lucky and that wouldn't mesh well, just turn that dial down. <laughs> yeah, just listen to other things. Try to again, like I just I don't know. Sorry, I'm I'm rattling. No, it's fine. The the you in order to make characters, you need to see characters. Just like in order to make good food, you need to taste good food. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things I enjoy about when we played Traveler is the fact that you, you don't really you you create your character, but you don't create the character. The game kind of creates the character for you, and you get to determine you know paths for it. But I I find that found that very interesting to go in to not necessarily know, but you're you're figuring it out as the game builds it. Huh. One thing I would say is uh, play pen and paper games with your friends. It's fun. Don't take it too seriously. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. It is fun. Make it fun. Have fun. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't be disruptive, but you would be surprised with what you can get away with. And ever, as long as you ask everyone, hey, is this f- fair? Is this going too far? And as long as you get a thumbs up after you say, is this too far? Keep going. And if you're super experimenting, just make sure, depending on what the experiment is, you feel comfortable with who the group you are playing with. Yep. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. I know they're all decent people, but man, they're kind of weird.